Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Spirit is moving all across the land, in every church, and in this church, and in your family. I can't help to sing, but for the longest time, that song, you know, even when I don't see that you're working, you never stop working. God is always at work. <laughs> I also remember that the same time, one time Alita interrupted me, and I've said that before here. She said, Dad, that's not very, bi- is that right? It says God rested on seventh day. <laughs> Doesn't he need rest? It's like, what a great perspective. But no, I'm very thankful that God is at work. He who has begun a good work in us, right, he'll bring it to completion. I'm so thankful, and I'm just honored. I keep going back, reflecting on the words that the Lord spoke to me, to us, to our church. And uh, there's this thought that says that God saying, I trust you for this time. I want us to change a little perspective on, because a lot of times we just feel defeated because we keep looking back at how we were and all the struggles leading up to our lives. There have been possibly some things you've battled with through so many years and you haven't gotten victory, but God is moving and he will give you the victory, amen. In every situation, it says in all ways acknowledge him, right, and it says he will direct your paths. So God is at work and I'm just so thankful um, and I want to share a message that's going to be a little bit of teaching and preaching, I don't know what it is, but I do trust the Lord that this is a timely word for us. I mean, this prophetic word just confirmed that this was the word that I needed to share with the church. Um, it's going to be awesome. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for this time. And, again, I thank you for the word that is just alive and is speaking and is more relevant than ever before. Father God, you have given us warnings about everything that is yet to come. But you have not given us the spirit of fear, Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you that you've given us spirit, confidence, just that can overcome any darkness. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank and I pray that you would use this time, Father God, to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is one fellow, Pastor Greg Boyd. I've never met him, but um, he had this book called God at War. And uh, how, many we know, how many of us know that the we're not actually fighting the physical war, right? And today it's going to make more sense, but there's a warfare happening. It is so evident. It doesn't even take much. I mean, before, demons would be hiding. Right now, they're not even hiding. I mean, what's her artist? One of them recently, a uh, very popular singer. I don't know. I'll remember, not Izzy, but it was somebody else. But anyways, and she literally, in the middle of her concert, this happened like last week. You can look it up. She literally bends backwards, upside down, just manifests, like just demonic power is so evident. And she can't do that in real life. But I mean, like demons are not even hiding anymore. And what God is doing, though, rising up an army. I want us to change our perspective on ourselves. Yes, you may have seen, you may have felt defeated before. But God is calling us for such time as this. He trusts us to be born in this time. He trusts us to live for this time to raise our children in, in God's fear and in God's confidence. And I do believe this is a timely word for us. So this fellow, Pastor Greg Boyd, says, God at war. 
he, he points out two worldviews a Christian can hold. And uh, one is blueprint worldview, and then the other one is warfare worldview. And this is, he's addressing the church. He's addressing the people of God. Let me briefly mention what he talks about. There's a blueprint worldview. is a belief where pretty much the Calvinist sovereignty of God. This view believes that everything's happening right now is a result of God's divine decree. It also holds the idea that the devil is involved in, uh, the devil is involved in anything. is because God has ordained him to. So if the devil is doing something, it's because God ordained him to do it. Um, that everything happening, happening around us is because God willed it. Men die and go to hell because God willed it. Men are saved because God willed it. There is no such thing as free will. Uh, and according to this view, uh, you know, they say sickness, death, tragedy, poverty is all part of God's blueprint plan. Uh, to explain suffering and pain, uh, this view, they even quote scripture. They say like, his ways are not our ways. There's purpose for everything. That God is teaching us something. Uh, even though, like I said, anything can be taken out of context, scriptures can be taken out of context and they can back that up. And, uh, but this is not the view of God's people. Uh, the second and contrary to that, he talks about warfare worldview, okay? The contrast of the blueprint worldview is warfare worldview. Warfare worldview, uh, God does indeed exercise authority over the world, but he has given us freedom to accept or reject the will. I've constantly share that pastor mark shared about it that we have given a free liberty right to choose choose this day who you're going to serve he was always saying that from the beginning time he gave a adam and eve right there he gave him a choice free will right you do it you kind of like i'm sovereign i can work through some of your mistakes but there's your will that is involved in everything when you yeah. accept christ and um Pastor Mark, I love that message, but it's still stuck in my head. You are not a robot, <laughs> right? Sometimes we, we wish, like, man, I wish I could just be so disciplined like a robot in certain things. Great. It's coming. <laughs> God will ordain your steps if you acknowledge God in all of your ways. Guys, by the way, in all of your ways. Health issues, acknowledge him. Pray to God. Say, Lord, help me with the diet. I want to start this year, not the beginning of the year. I'm starting it now. I'm changing my habits. The way, if I'm continuously snapping at my kids, Lord, help me. Help me in this area. Help me to direct, uh, to get away from this anger. Help me to be uh, a person that speaks life into people. Help me not to complain. Acknowledge God in all of your ways. Amen. He wants to help us through it all because while we're here on earth, we're born into this fallen state. And I'll talk a little bit briefly about that, right? But the warfare world of you, pretty much we're given a free choice to choose. This view believes that uh, we're in a cosmic conflict. This pastor uh, talks about that we're in a cosmic conflict between good and evil, saints' will, and God's will, right? It doesn't consider sickness, poverty, and tragedy as divine purpose, but rather as something that Satan attempts to use in his warfare against God. And against us, against his people. When we're looking um, at the world, it is important that we look at the, this world through the lens of Christ, right? So God has already <laughs> saw that, you know, what we're going to do on our mistakes and everything like that. And he sent his only son, begotten Jesus Christ, amen, to save us. So Jesus didn't promote starvation. 
he fed the multitudes, right? He didn't allow them, he didn't allow the storm to kill them. He stopped the storms. So when people, when, when I hear, especially believers, and they say, oh, everything needs to happen. And like, this person died is because it happened. It just needed to happen. And I love that. One of the last uh, funerals that I went to, and I just want to bring that up. My dad always says something profound at funerals, and I really love that. And he says, I don't think it was God's will for this young girl to die at that age, you know. And he even brought up a scripture about it. Why should you die before your, uh, before your years? The Bible talks about it, right? And he says, why? We can avoid making a lot of the mistakes that our people doing around us. So when we're just always throwing everything, God's will, God's will, or it's Satan's, uh, Satan's fault, we're giving too much credit to Satan. A lot of those are just our decisions, just our bad decisions, our dumb choices, right? But God has given us the ability through him to be able to see things differently, right? We're putting on the lens of Christ. Last time I shared, I, uh, I touched and end on uh, talking about, give me the, I brought up that song, give me the eyes, Lord. For just one second, just give me your eyes. So when we are having a perspective of Christ, everybody we look at, every situation we look at, it's not going to be a situation like an average human's looking at it. Because you're a person of faith, right? You're not being driven by emotions. Everybody's panicking. Ah! Like it's brought up. Armageddon. Uh, people are freaking out. I mean, it's not a coincidence. You know, you, you can say all you want, but God can really speak, you know, through anybody. <laughs> so God has given us a warning, but he has not called us to have a spirit of fear. Amen? So God is revealed in Jesus in this perspective. God doesn't will evil. In fact, he's at war with the evil, right? But despite the fact that humanity chose to sin, um, God wasn't going to just not give an option, right? That's why he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to give us victory, to look boldly and confidently into these years to come. These are going to be great days. I know people are saying contrary to that, but we are people of faith. Amen? So, 1 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. But is patient towards you. I love that. Don't you just love that? God is patient with us. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So God's desire is for everyone to come to know the truth. Amen? So, and once again, it's a free choice. Choose who you want to serve. God's not enforcing his salvation, his freedom into your life. Although, man, that sounds good. Our decisions today form our future. What we do, like if I set a, an alarm for tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at 6. That means today I need to make a decision to go to bed earlier to feel better tomorrow, right? So it works like that in real life and it works like that in spiritual realm. If you make some decisions, write them down. Perceive it and, you know, and go with it. Because God has given you ability to choose, right? We're forming our future. So our decisions today... We're forming our future. Now, it is very hard to live in some times like this because we're consistently bombarded information. So God has also given us the ability to choose, right? We can shut down things. We can turn off some news and we can learn into the, lean into the word of God. We can shut off the noise. We can stop hearing all this negative stuff when somebody's bashing somebody. Somebody's talking negative about the coworker, right? You have the ability to cut that off. Amen? So... Today's message is called Warfare Mindset. Look at this. 1 Peter 
It says, be alert and sober mind your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. <laughs> he does that really good. He does that on social media. He will try to trigger you to write a whole uh, novel underneath somebody's post. I mean, all this kind of stuff, you know, it's real. I mean, nowadays the devil is using every tactic. <laughs> so he will use everything he can get. But God has also given us the ability to use these platforms to speak life into people. Amen. I love going on vacations. Um, just switch it up a little bit. Because when you're dealing with this world and all this constant stuff, when you go on vacation, it seems like you're just like chillaxing, right? You're, you're feeling good. You know, there's no issues. You're feeling great. It's just vacation mode's awesome. Life is taken more leisurely. Uh, the easiness that comes with the vacation is awesome. Almost if we didn't uh, care what happened, what's happening in this world, right? Uh, on vacation, we never expect bad things to happen, right? So, and we think vacation means only good things. Uh, and anything contrary to that is like almost offensive, right? Like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> don't do this. But what happens is also in the spiritual realm, we can get into this vacation mode. God is doing something great in our lives. And we're like, this is awesome just coming here and enjoying here. Um, but I want to challenge you today. And in the next, next couple of weeks, I believe, uh, moving into the new year for us to, once we experience salvation, once we experience joy, to be able to go and share it with other people, right? I love Michael Bizzle was praying for me this morning. And he mentioned in prayer that, Lord, you have not, you know, taken us out of the world. You sent us into the world, right? So, uh, yes, time will come. All bad things will end. But in the meantime, God is building his army. And he's preparing us for warfare. And it's already happening all around us in the spiritual realm. Guess what? People are hungry. You would think sometimes like least person you would expect to uh, hear something from the Lord. Or you say, hey, can I pray for you? Maybe, I remember not long ago, somebody comes in and he's just like, F this, F that, and he's like, yeah, just going through divorce and everything. And I just said, hey, man, can I pray for you? He just, just face changed. Wow, like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right now, in the office, right now. You know, he's getting a storage unit. And, uh, so I just put my hand on him. Yeah, just starts weeping. <laughs> People are hungry, but we need to be bold. We need to begin moving into the promises of God. God has given us everything that we need. To go and share the gospel. Yes. They have overcome by what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's it. <laughs> That's all you have. You have the basic equation to just go tell people about the love of God. It doesn't take much. Amen. But there's war for souls. That's why we look at anything. Teenagers. And that's why I'm so much focusing and praying for our teenagers and our youth right now. Because I want them to raise up to be strong leaders. Because devil at an early age is distorting the school system. He's trying to brainwash them. That you are not who you are. That there's no male or female. There's all this just garbage that's trying to be fed to our children. But if we're not alert or sober minded, devil right prowls around like a roaring lion. Sneaks up on stuff. Sneaks up on our children. That's why now more than ever, it's so important to be grounded in Christ, to be close to the Lord, to pray regularly, to see God. Amen? Yeah. Life is more like a Normandy beach than a Disney vacation. That's, I'll leave it with that just to kind of, uh, to make an impression. When military train their soldiers, right, when they train them, they don't 
they don't train them how to properly tan. Like, you're going to go to Middle East, and there's going to be a hot sun. You want to make sure you use the right SPF, like, right? <laughs> or how to order drinks in a different language. No, they train them for the worst possible scenarios, right? Where you least expect things. They train them so hard, in fact, that when something good happens, it's almost a surprise, right? <laughs> so... But if you talk to anybody that's been to war, I mean, it, it changes their lives. And I actually would encourage you to talk to somebody that has served in the army, that served this country, and just talk to them. Um, it really does change people. It makes you be grateful for the smallest thing that you may have, right? I remember one of the friends who was in the military, lives in Washington, he was talking about how he was just like, I don't know, how, like two weeks in the desert in Iraq, and he's like, and we had water and everything. He's like, but all I wanted was just a, a shower. <laughs> he was like, just a, wanted a little shower. So in the middle of their walking somewhere and all this, he's just like, God, I would love it if we could be able to get a shower. Just, just a shower up. Two weeks of just pure sweat, nothing, you know, where he's like, we're covered in layers of sweat. And he was like, right around, like just 10 minutes later, just over the hill, he's like, there's this kind of small oasis kind of area. And we get out there. Not only that, I mean, he's like, there's a well somehow. And... He's like, and I just took the shower, and he's like, it felt so good. So he's like, when you're in, in the war, like, that shower was so profound to him. It was the best shower he ever took in his life. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're, when you're expecting to fight, and you, you encounter something awesome, it's like, it's a surprise, right? Because at war, bad is normal, and good is not. <laughs> so as Christians, and I'm always going to bring it back to our, you know, physical with spiritual so for us to better understand. As Christians, we have to embrace a warfare mentality. Because it's the only view that will make sense of all the suffering and all this trouble and evil that we see in this world. That's the only perspective we need to take. Uh, I believe it's the only worldview that will give us the tools to respond uh, to the injustice that we see in the world. Instead of blaming God and blaming somebody else, right? When you take that perspective, you're saying that, wait a minute, I'm a soldier. God, you have planted me. You have given me dominion to rule in this world, right? So if I'm not doing anything about my circumstances, I can't complain. This is when people bash uh, the government and they never voted, right? I'm like, yeah, you haven't even voted. Stop complaining. <laughs> so God has given us freedom to choose, right? He has given us ability. But one thing he wants us to take up on is once we receive that truth, once we are planted on solid ground, God wants us to go and put on the mindset, a warfare mindset, right? That's why it's given us to put on all our weaponry, right? All the stuff, you know? So we're ready for war. Because continuously there's battle for souls. Think about it, right? Just in even your own mind. You open up anything. You let one thought in, it cooks in it. And next thing you know, it leads to another thought. Next thing you know, it leads to sin. We are at continuous war. And our warfare starts over here, right? What are we allowing through our eyes? What are we allowing through our ears? Matthew eleven twelve, 12. New Living Translation says, And from time John Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Praise God, right? But look at this. And violent people are attacking it. How obvious is it, right? Like all the Christian values, everything, God's principles are under attack. And Bible warned about us. Right? And from the time of John, the Baptist began preaching until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. So God's kingdom is still advancing. 
And these people that we least expect are very hungry and they want somebody to bring him that truth, to bring him to that point of contact with the Lord, right? And violent people are attacking it. So he's not saying that in the spiritual realm, um, he's not talking about that there's in the physical realm that we need to take up the arms, right? He's talking about uh, not, not in the physical but in the spiritual realm. So there's a continuous war happening. So there's a, obviously we're all dealing with, there's a spiritual realm is just as real as the real realm. And in fact in the Jewish original context there's no like spiritual wor uh, world and physical world. It's just one world. There, like I said, and we, it's, it's easy to see that all around us, right? So the church of Christ is not a cruise ship, it is a worship. And I want us to get excited for what God is going to do. Um, in your life and he's already begun doing it but we need to start advancing and moving into the promises of God amen but I love this that the only reference Jesus makes about a church it's actually a reference to war look at this in Matthew 16 18 right God turns to Peter and he says I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so here he's not talking about you know social work like building hospitals you know, helping the poor. Those are all things naturally a church should be doing, right? So I'm not discounting that. That's very important. But he says the mark of his church will be hell will not withstand it. Hell will not withstand against the church. And that gets me excited because there's a reason you need to be planted in the house of the Lord. This is the body of Christ. This is a, a church filled with believers that are coming from different experiences that had bad past and stuff like that. But God is saying, but now they're my people once we were not people now we're my people but we are children of God and we're warriors and God is preparing his army so that's war not pacifism right this is uh, not about church defending its gate it's about church advancing and attacking the hell's gates amen to bring people out of the slavery you know there's people that are dying the hell is doing that Satan is behind it but God is like, what are you going to do about it, Vic? What are you going to do about it? Have you, what have you done this year to try to impact my kingdom? Have you tried speaking life into somebody? It doesn't take much. It doesn't require uh, a Bible education for you to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. To show them love. Buy their coffee. Buy them dinner. Whatever, you know. It's a simple thing. So... Because we have the King of Kings on our side, right? He's our captain. He's the Lords of Lords. Um, our Savior defeated hell and grave. And he takes, the, he takes the keys and he says, I have the keys. And I'm giving it to you, right? He has given us the keys to the kingdom. So we have what it takes. Amen? That's why we come against all sicknesses, demonic powers that are tormenting people. I'll, now like never before, I just go to war and I just start praying for people. I'm telling you, I was just at this conference... I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I begin to just literally believe the words of Jesus. I don't know if I should, um, as a pastor, you say that. You're like, really? Like, I really, like, you will lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. Like, I come up to this girl and I, something comes over me and I'm like, are you like, can you eat ice cream? I'm like, are you lactose intolerant? I didn't, I forgot at that word at that moment. I didn't know the fancy word lactose intolerant. I forgot about it. I said, can you eat ice cream? And she's like, no, I can't. I said, God's going to heal you right now. I just put my hand on her, uh, uh, on her head and just said, you're healed in Jesus' name. I want you to go home and eat ice cream. And, and uh, here's my number. I want you to text me. She, she's like, I love ice cream, but she breaks out in the hives. 
She, she texted me like while I was driving back to my hotel. And she's like, I'm eating ice cream. Nothing's happening. I'm healed. Come on. God has given us keys to the kingdom, right? Lay, the hand, lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. God has given us what we need. Amen. So stop thinking that there's going to be a special moment like the Lord's going to speak to me. Victor, go talk to someone. You know, it's not going to happen like that. God has given you senses and just the voice, right? One device, we can allow the devil to speak to it or God to speak to it. <laughs> we control it though. Amen. The war is won, but the battle still rages. Hebrews uh, chapter 2 verse 8. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. Everything is under the feet of Jesus, right? But now we do not yet see all things put under him. This is where uh, theologians, to explain, they say already but not yet, okay? Jesus says the kingdom of God is, um, suffers violence, meaning the faith of God's people has risen up. That's why it, I, I never, I'm like, why is devil so, he's no longer hiding. I mean, like, it's manifestations, all this stuff, and they're just shoving this information, and every commercial now you see is like, you know, LGBTQ, all the, you know, all this stuff, and they're just like, it's just everywhere, just against God's order. It's because faith of God's people has risen up. You know, I really want us to understand that there's faith that God has placed in you, and he has called you to be the influence, right? To be the influencer of our time. <laughs> People are trying to be social influencer. You are an influencer in your realm, at your job, whatever it is that you're doing, right? So God has given you the key, says, go for it, okay? Because the faith of God's people has risen up. That's why the uh, kingdom of God is under attack. But, but, we're no longer victims. We are victors. I'm not trying to use my fancy name. My name is Victor, I understand. But victors mean victory, right? We're no longer running away. We're going forward. And we're making disciples of all nations. Our mission is to spread the message of Jesus everywhere, right? If Satan's already defeated. God's like, I did this all this work for you. Now I just need you to do this. All right. So we're getting the message across. <laughs> so um, because, again, to quote that scripture, they overcome them. By what? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Um, I just want to briefly talk about compassion versus sympathy. Uh, and I love that my friend Vlad used this uh, last weekend. He, he took it. It was a goldfish. And he went and took it out of the, out of the bowl and just set it right there. He said, I'm going to just demonstrate the difference between compassion versus sympathy, right? And... It was like, I'm just going to wait until, you know, something happens. And then finally somebody ran up and put that goldfish right into the bowl. And he's just like, excuse me, stay here. He's like, he asked the girl, like, what kind of degree do you have to do that? <laughs> it's like, did you take Bible lessons on this? Uh, did you put, to take the fish and put it in the bowl? He's like, no, it's common sense, right? <laughs> it's common sense to act about it. So the difference is... Compassion versus sympathy. Um, sympathy is saying, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Nowadays, you know, anybody says anything, you're like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Compassion is doing something about it. 
And the Lord literally gave me this. Uh, I wanted to bring that up. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. This is Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He was moved with compassion. So that's an active word, right? To be moved. Not just to stand there going, aw. Okay? It's to act upon it. Yes. I don't think God has a privilege to looking at, um, how do I say that? Looking at people um, in uh, statistics or a number and percentages. And I'll explain why. Um, a lot of Slavic people, um, they have big families. I'm one of nine. <laughs> There's people that have ten children. But let's say an average Russian family, right? Slavic family, ten children. And you go on vacation. And you have Tolik, Nina, Kolya, Sasha, Petya, all there. They're like, you're going through a list before you like, you know, you're listing off. You're going through your checklist of all kids. Make sure all the kids are back, you know, in the car, in the van to go back home. And then you're like, mm, but, uh, uh, you know, Larissa's not here. Uh, you know, 9 out of 10, 90%. That's a good, that's a successful vacation. That's all right. That's all right. We're doing good. Let's go, sweetheart. You know, for pastors, that's good. We can look at number and percentages and be like, yeah, you know, 90% turnout today. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I don't think God looks at the, the people around us and percentages and saying, you know, 60% of this society or, or of this city is saved. Or uh, we can say like 80% of the America knows, uh, knows about the Lord, right? I don't think God has a luxury of doing that looking at the numbers. He goes even after one. He's leaving the 99 to go after one. And God is changing perspective. God has given us this hunger right now. I believe in this church. He's fostering this something within you. He's, it's welling up. And you're like, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to let my co-workers struggle. I'm going to tell them that God can help them. I can't, but I can talk about Jesus. I can tell them about that he can, he can overcome that when he comes to the Lord, right? So I want us to change the perspective. There's a difference between compassion and sympathy. To be like Jesus, to be moved with compassion, to act upon it, right? Not to just to stand there and go, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry about all these people that are not going to come to know you. Well, no, I'm going to go and tell them. And then they'll, they'll make the decision. Then they'll come before the Lord. They were offered option, right? <laughs> so we're soldiers, not a survivor, right? I want us to change our mentality to and become spiritual warriors, right? Soldiers, because we're in a spiritual realm and we have to have a warfare mindset. We are not physically attacking people, right? We are attacking the demonic power that is behind the people. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so much excitement within me. I'm just trying to contain it. Um, Pretty much as believers, we have to have this mentality. There's a war, and I'm enlisting in it, right? Gates of hell will not prevail against me, right? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It will not. Amen. Uh, Jesus defeated the evil. Now, while we're here on earth, it does say that when Jesus um, rose from the dead, he's defeated death, right? But Satan still is in power. Okay, uh, but there will be time, and the Bible tells us that we are patiently waiting until the day when Jesus Christ returns. Up until that point, the warfare is going to happen. Until you die, you will have to fight off all the negative thoughts, all the sinful thoughts. You are a continuous war. And understand that 
it's not just going to be like, I accept Jesus and I'm like, hey, everything is smooth. No, right? It, it warns us. In this world, you will have trouble, right? But God is telling you to stand your ground. Attack whatever is coming into your mind. Think about it. Even your body. As soon as it hits some kind of sickness, right? It goes on the attack mode. White cells versus blood, red cells. The battle is happening. So the moment, if you feel like somebody, as soon as they said something and it planted a negative thought, catch it early. We, we, we catch what we're close to. If you need to separate yourself from certain people. People that are, you, you talk with them, you leave and you're like, man, I feel heavy. I just feel so drained. Separate yourself. You're given, you're given choice, right? Amen. War against the real enemy. I want to really point this out. I'm going to be wrapping it up here shortly. But war against the real enemy. I used to look at Samson. So every, a lot of us know the story of Samson, right? He was one of the judges. But I used to look at him in a negative light. Every time bad stuff happened to Samson, uh, he went on a revenge, uh, like a revenge spree. He just went after it. Um, however, Samson didn't take vengeance on people who caused his suffering. Notice this. Really just, it was really profound. It opened up to me. Uh, for example, he marries a girl. Then his best friend takes his wife and marries her. You would think that a vengeful thing, the right thing to do, right, is to go and kill your best friend. But he doesn't. He goes, he kills the Philistines. There's a lot of resemblance and prophetic stuff that I'm starting to see that, uh, about Samson. That is a representation of the church at the very end, in the end times. You know, they were blind for the longest time. But the hair is growing back out. <laughs> and that despite of the mistakes that churches have made, God is rising up his army. Right? The hair is coming out. And the, what Samson did at the end of his life, instead of all this time that he did before, he, did, he achieved more. He killed more Philistines at once. <laughs> right? And this is also a spiritual realm. I'm not talking about killing other people. We're talking about what he did for the kingdom of God. What we can do for the kingdom of God is how many people we can save. People that we can snatch from the kingdom of hell. Amen. So anyways, but I love that about a Samson. He would actually go about, the he would go and attack the enemy that is behind the enemy. And uh, as a, when you have a spiritual warfare mindset, you, you'll have that perspective as well. So anytime somebody spews at you something and says, you're this and that and that. You're not going to be like, <gasps> you're like, man, I'm really, I, I really feel sorry for him because they don't know the truth. You start seeing from different perspectives. You start to understand that there's an enemy behind the enemy, right? There's an enemy behind the person that just cut you off and flipped you off. Bless them. Wave at them. You know, stuff like that. So there's a continuous warfare happening, but God is preparing us. Amen? So spiritual battle, one thing I want to point out also, spiritual battle have mental strongholds. It's easier to see the battle when it takes physical form like Sickness, famine, racism, abortion, addiction, anything you want to put that in there, right? Things that we see. But it's much harder when it's in your mind. I really want to point that out because in our mind, and I said that in the beginning, this is where it happens. And this is where we can control it. We can allow that thought to develop or we can be like a, a regime, uh, I should say, trained soldier. Say, nope, not going to allow that. Like I love that when they train pilots before flying, I mean, they take them to simulators. <laughs> right? And simulator feels like a real thing. They put through everything, but they teach them not to trust their feelings, but to be disciplined, right? You, you look at those black boxes when they find after air crash and, you know, stuff like that, and then they're investigating. They look at those black boxes and voice recorders, cockpit voice recorders. Until the very crash, these air, 
these pilots are trained and they'll check this, check that, check this, check that, right? They're not swayed by any emotion, anything that's happening. The, the noise that's surrounding, the chaos that's surrounding around them. Amen? And so I believe that in the spiritual realm, God is right now preparing you not to trust your feelings. And when somebody says, I feel like, just be aware of that. Okay? Just be cautious about those words. Feelings can change within minutes. Feelings can change within seconds. You hear one right tune of Mariah Carey, whoever, you're like, oh, brings to my high school days. Or, you know what I mean? Like, the feelings are, can be like this, changing. But faith is something, despite of anything that's happening around you, you're moving forward, you're advancing, you got your eyes on the prize. Amen? You are a soldier of Christ. You are a soldier of Christ. We are soldiers of Christ. Amen? We're enlisted in the army of God. And God is welling up something within you. I want us to, before the new year, to bring at least one person to Jesus. Just bring him to you. I think that's realistic. And next year, can you imagine, you bring, you change one person's heart. You, or all you do is you, you're just obedient, right? It's God's timing, but our, our part's obedience, right? And you just do that. You acted upon the word and you showed him love. That person can experience salvation. And that person can go and transform the whole city. It really does. It happened. There was a man who was demon-possessed, right, in the Bible. And Jesus goes across and immediately, obviously, the storm rages because God is... God is up to something. He goes across the sea and he sees that demonically possessed man. God delivers him. What happens afterwards? He's like, Jesus, I want to be on your team. I want to go. I want to go with you. These people don't even want me. They're scared, right, that area. And Jesus said, no, you stay here. You stay in Wasilla. You stay in that job and you impact those people, right? What happens? That man, it says in the next chapter, there was 5,000 people coming in. Because they heard the truth. He went to Decapolis. Deca means ten. He preached to the ten cities. He brought so many people. One person. One person that would have never somebody would have saw potential in. Right? person that was demonically possessed. Becomes the greatest evangelist. First evangelist in history. So God is. I want us to really get hungry for people around us. They're dying but they need the truth. He needs you. He needs me. He wants you to go. Not fight the wrong enemy. Fight the enemy that is behind the enemy. Amen? That's why Paul tells us to wage war and subdue your thoughts. I want to leave you this. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Fight in a different realm. Verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Again, just keep in mind, everything starts with your mind, right? Warfare mindset, it starts now for us, church. He, you have what it takes. God has given you the tools. The war is won. We were singing the, you know, that worship song, you know, we are taking ground. <laughs> God is like, it's time to take the ground, this Matsu Valley for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? So don't let demons roam free in your head while you wage the external physical war with people and arguments. That stuff is empty. That will destroy you. Wage war against the enemy that is behind the enemy, right? 
Know where your battle is. And we know where our battle is. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.